So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. Hey, what's going on, guys? Doc Danny here with the Active Atlanta podcast. And today we have our neighbor, uh, Marnie Grodzin, on the owner of uh, Gathered and Grounded. She's a licensed uh, social worker, a yoga instructor, and has a special knack in working with youth with mental health, which I think is highly underserved. And I'm interested uh, to dig into how you're doing that because I have two kids and I feel like when I spend a lot of time around my two kids, I need to go work on my own mental health. So <laughs> maybe this is going to be beneficial for, for me uh, as well. So Marnie, first of all, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. So Marnie, it seems like you have an interesting background. I'd love to dig into how you got to Gathered and Grounded, which seems like I've never really seen anything like it, to be honest with you, in terms of the mixture of we're huge fans of movement, obviously, uh, movement, yoga, breath work, mental health work. Like how, how did this happen? <laughs> how did this happen? That's a good question. Um, I have been in the social work field for, um, over 20 years and I've worked in a variety of settings from child welfare, hospitals, uh, hospice, um, and moved to Decatur about six years ago, and my clinical license for being a therapist didn't transfer to Georgia. And it gave me the opportunity to just sit back and take a little bit of a breather and really take in the community. I live in Decatur and Gathered and Grounded is in Decatur, but I, I learned what's going on in the community, Decatur in Atlanta. And from a social work perspective, the idea is to take in your surroundings, uh, when you want to support people, it's not just about them as the individual, but you've got the person, you have their family unit, you have the different systems that they're involved in. So if I want to be of service to people, I need to know what's going on. So in doing that, I put myself into a variety of situations here in Decatur, got to know police, fire department, the city, other organizations um, beyond Decatur, and saw, like in many places, it's not exclusive to Decatur, that that teen population, as soon as we get to 12 and 13, you know, up to 18, a lot of people run away from it and um, make a lot of assumptions about that age. And again, not exclusive to Decatur. Um, we see it nationwide and worldwide. The rates of anxiety and depression are up. Uh, the level of um, suicide attempts is up. It's become the number one factor. It kind of changes here and there. I want to say it's the number one reason for death of those between the ages of 14 and 24. So knowing all of that, I wanted a place to support youth. 
in, in all levels of behavioral health. And to your point of being a parent and that you <laughs> need something to support you, that's why in our mission we have essentially it's behavioral health to serve youth and those who care for them because no one lives and operates in a silo. So if we're going to support a youth, it's helpful to support the parents or the neighbors or their teachers in the local community, fire, police, and so forth. Um, so that's like the big, quick version of how we got here, or I got here, and then Gathered and Grounded got here. I feel like, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to look at the, the increases in depression and suicide, in particular, when you look at physically how, how much easier our lives are, right? And mm -hmm. it, I feel like in, in some ways, connectivity, which is such a good thing, can also create so much anxiety for mm -hmm. kids as well. I, I, I didn't have social media when I was going through school, right? I, you know, you didn't, you I didn't. And, and I don't really know how to, you know, I know how I deal with it, but I primarily use it for business. So I don't really use it as a personal, you know, thing, but how, what do you notice with kids with, with that side of things? Cause it's almost like if you don't allow them to utilize social media, you're handicapping them for, from being social in an environment that's now how they be social, how they're social with their friends. So what have you found with that? Cause I'm assuming it's part of the root cause in, in where people could actually use that in a healthy way. Yeah, I mean, I think with with anything, I mean, um, I mean, if we talk about in the health world, I mean, for a healthy diet, we know what we need to eat, right? right. I mean, we don't, you know, want to devour all the sweets and all the bad things. But you know, most people don't completely cut that out of their life. So they learn how to moderate, right? Because these the world is not changing um, for us around us. And so technology, social media, it's here, God knows what's next. So I think it's educating kids now it's it's to each family's decision as to when they may introduce uh, a cell phone when they may introduce social media access i mean there's all sorts of apps out there now that can help monitor what kids are doing um you know it's a it's like a bittersweet everything in life life is bittersweet there's great things that social media does right connecting people finding out information there's like the flip side, and I talk about this with teens. I do some work in the schools here. And, you know, not only do we have our um, in-face, like reputation, knowing someone, how they act, how they carry themselves in the world, but now we have this digital person, like reputation mm. imprint. And so I'll ask kids, you know, I've gotten to know you a little bit face-to-face. -face, and if I go on your social media, which one is you? And they don't even think about it. Like what you see here is me. And, you know, think of teenagers that, you know, they want to be accepted. And so what they put out there in the world is this particularly what people want to see. So there's this sense of they start to feel that they're not being authentic. Yeah. They might compromise themselves in sharing information that they may not typically share. We know there's like the whole FOMO, fear of missing out. And I think, I'm assuming something that you can relate to, if we had some, a bad day going on at school or there was you know, some kind of tiff at school and we were involved in drama, we could go home, not to say that home was always like the best place either, but at least we could go home and like school's kind of off in the distance and I don't have to deal with it until right. next day. 
I mean, kids are dumbfounded when I explain to them, you know, we had one house phone, you know, if you were lucky, you had phone privileges, right. um, you know, just the access being totally different. Um, so to answer your question, it's not going away. I think of like, how can we embrace it? How can we educate? And quite honestly, I think it would be really awesome if there was some type of program that at a certain age, if a, if a youth is getting a cell phone and having access to technology, the digital world, like a, some short video that they watch with their parents to um, educate themselves, to really make them think about what you put out in the world, even if you erase that, it is there to stay. You don't know who's taking a screenshot on the other end. When you're communicating, you don't know if that's actually your friend yeah. on the other end or do they have friends sitting there. And just one last thing, since you mentioned being a parent, um, I've been trying to be, well, I am more aware that if I choose to put pictures of my kids out in the social media world, like, you know, Facebook, I'm already creating a digital footprint for them. Yeah. You know, people might put out something sarcastic about their child, like making, you know, it's fun and it's light. But, you know, they don't, I mean, we've created that for them already. And who's to say that we're the ones who should do that? So we all have to be mindful of what we put out there. I totally agree. You know, and it's funny. I laugh whenever you talk about the house phone. Uh, like our kids have no, they have no idea what that even is, you know? Uh -huh. um, and I, I just remember tech, I thought technology was awesome because the first time I realized when I, when I had the college, I got a cell phone uh, my, my first year in college and I thought, this is awesome. Like, I don't have to, like, for me, it was about dating. I was like, oh man, I have to wait. Are, are they in their dorm room when I call them? Like I'll call them, they'll, they'll answer yeah. more frequently, I guess. Yeah. So like, that's the, the, the whole thing. And it's, it's so much different now with access to information, but also I, I love the quote, the comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so much, uh, there's so much comparison that happens. I think, you know, with us, us as adults as well, but mm -hmm. with kids, I think it's just so much more prevalent. And I know for me as a kid, I definitely would have, uh, you know, felt pulled to, you know, kind of um, keep up with things. And, and, and that, that is challenging. And I think that what you guys are doing in particular, uh, establishment of a community element as well, which is something that we talk a lot about, you know, with movement and nutrition and sleep and stress management. And the fifth part is community involvement or being in a community from a standpoint of being well-rounded. You guys do a really good job of that. So how do you bring people in um, that, are, that are teens and getting them to uh, kind of like put away some of the things that they're, you know, probably biased towards in terms of clicky and uh, having drama and get them to, to interact with each other in a positive way? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, one from the standpoint, like if you talk about like a business, right? Like how do you get the word out? And I hate mm -hmm. to say business for this, but you know, I don't have the guts to jump in and do the nonprofit thing at this point. But you know, how do you get the word and do you spread it out there? You know, a lot of it is is networking. Like I said, when I took us, you know, I sat back and kind of watched what was going on, realizing where like I could use my skills and offer space. Um, you know, I was networking. And so thinking of how do you engage with kids, um, you know, I wear another hat. I'm a social worker for, um, I'm the youth development coordinator for Decatur Prevention Initiative, which is a nonprofit here in town, a drug and alcohol prevention program. And I go into the middle school here. And so I already kind of have connections. So it's, you know, word of mouth, school counselors, going out, I'm sure you, you can relate to this, you know, giving talks to 
communities. I've been to church youth groups, all sorts of things. Okay. And so I think the big thing too, is when you're working with anybody, but particularly youth, you need to be authentic and real. You know, we can stand there and we can put on like the horse and pony show, but if there's any group of human beings that are going to see right through that, teenagers, 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 teenagers. Um, So, you know, making sure that we can reach those who we want to service, which, you know, are all teens, you know, and adults, like I said, because of um, we're all connected. I think that was first part of your question. Yeah. How do you get a group of teenagers to like interact with each other in a social environment where you're talking about your feelings? Like that seems like the thing that would be the hardest. If you just said 15 year old Danny Matei, Hey, come in here and tell everybody why your day was shitty. I probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't have talked at all. Yeah. So here's the thing. So, um, one of the things I do is I do teach yoga to, uh, teenagers and it's instead of like a typical yoga studio where you just sign up for a class here and there, whatever works with your schedule, they're set up in sessions and I try to go around the school calendar here. So it might be a six week or an eight week session. And the idea is you're with the same group of kids every time. So you build community. You also, for those kids who, you know, making a change might be a little nervous or anxious, going to a different class all the time with different people and not knowing what you're going to face, you know, can be a bit daunting. So there's that element, you know, it takes time for people to talk, right? And I think, you know, we all have the tools that we need within us. We know what we might want to talk about, and it's just offering the space and giving that space. My deal here is you can say what you want. If you need to swear, that's fine, as long as you're not um, directing it towards someone and being um, derogatory to anybody, you know, and uh, admitting when I make mistakes, which is very frequently, you know, that goes Mm. to the transparency and, and being authentic. And so that's kind of like the yoga part of it. And the thing is, kids can come here right from school. So I get kids who come from the local school schools, I get kids who take MARTA to come here. And so if they're here, or get driven, if they're here, you know, most of our classes start at like 430, they might be here for 45 minutes, and they're hanging around in different spaces. And some of them might be chit-chatting. Some might go in one room and they're trying to get homework done. Um, so it's really like a come as you are. And you know what? Then there's going to be some kids who come and they don't necessarily want to engage. You know, we're talking about social media and technology. I mean, the value of just coming somewhere and not interacting and taking a break, you know, from connection to anything can be good. Yeah. No, and I... I'm interested in yo- the, the yoga element of it as well. Why, um, I mean, uh, maybe it's just the background that you had to begin with, but why do you feel like yoga is such a good fit with this uh, demographic? Well, if I go back when I was in grad school, which was the early 90s, we talked about the mind-body connection. Yeah. And there was talk about like carrying trauma in your body. Like, so for sure. instance, if you went and had a massage, there could be something that triggers and emotion comes out. And, you know, I can only speak about my experience, but in grad school, and I felt even the way the teachers talked about it, and it was very limited, the information, everyone was like, woo, you know, that sounds really like strange. Like, woo, woo, right? Yeah. The word was granola. Like that's real like hippie, you know? And there were studies back then. And, and we still look at those studies now, but the community wasn't willing to accept it because it sounded so esoteric. But um, more recently, you can read a lot about like 
trauma and trauma informed. I'm sure you guys deal with it too. And thinking yep. when you're working with people. And so that's really out there and being mindful of that. And, um, for me personally, I never went into social work to be a talk therapist. Um, I did a variety of things, but there was a short period of time when I lived in Texas and it was like all the right things were set up. And I was a talk therapist for um, college age because I lived by University of North Texas and Texas Women's University. Um, but once I, I took in yoga for, I have a son who's 18. And when, um, after he was born, that was like when yoga became a little bit more mainstream. And it was like, if you want to shed that weight and you want those abs, you know, you go do that sweat power yoga. Yeah. Honestly, it wasn't really until I moved to Decatur Atlanta area, which is six years ago that I had those resources around of more holistic opportunities. Um, the different yoga studios, you know, going, um, like for physical therapy or training and people, professionals really connecting it all instead of like, you know, just that tunnel vision that this is what I do. And so I really started thinking about how I had worked with people in the past and started to recognize that mind body connection. I'm a huge meditator and I'm a mental health advocate as well. I deal with uh, major, um, uh, major depression. And so I will tell that to kids and I will, I mean, I don't wear a tattoo across my forehead. There's always a time and place to share, but I know what has helped me. And that's, you know, meditation, breath work, uh, yoga. And the reason being is that all brings us kind of to the present and yeah. to the moment. Um, it can relieve stress. And so if we know these tools work and we know mental health, like kids are actually better now about talking about mental health. I hear frequently, oh yeah, I went to go see my therapist or, you know, I had an anxiety panic attack. I mean, they're more forthcoming and there's not as much shame, but knowing what we know now, if we don't start talking with kids and sharing the tools that we know can be helpful, like that's a huge disservice. And so you know, my hope is to make it more mainstream and more for those like people of our generation who still might think of meditation and yoga as more like earthy, you know, having the incense all the time, which there's nothing wrong with that. But understanding it's another health modality that people can incorporate in their life. Well, the connection is 100% there. I mean, I, I probably... You know, it's funny. I feel like I probably came to the same conclusion that you did probably about six years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. when, when we got out, so I, you know, I was in the army, right? So it was not like, I was like, tell me how you're feeling today, man. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not the, it's probably the most difficult environment to do that, you know? And, um, which is one of the reasons why suicide rates are really high in the military as well. Mm -hmm. And when I got out, I started realizing number one, like, people are multifactorial. There's pain, pain for lots of other reasons besides yeah. musculoskeletal. And, you know, the more I realized this, the more I started working on the communication side of really getting to the root cause of like what people were trying to do, uh, or maybe what they were afraid of that was going to happen if they physically couldn't do something. Mm -hmm. And the more that we could get to that really sort of deep reason, the, 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 the trauma that you're talking about, mm -hmm. or the fear that they have, the more likely it was that they were willing to accept that they had to do work to really create this physical change that they knew they needed, but re would require some time and effort. And uh, th they go hand in hand. And as soon as people start moving more, it's just like what you're talking about. You, you can start doing meditation, you start doing breath work. 
you can start doing just like movement in general, just do some basic body weight movements. Mm -hmm. You'll feel better. You're going to have better energy. You're getting a lot of things moving, you know, you're, but you're also like giving your mind a time to downregulate. It's, it's for instance, yes. I'll go on a run after this and I'll come back from this, this run and I'll write down a bunch of shit on a whiteboard. Why? <laughs> because like I now have something that's distracting my brain that's running all the time. And it's, it's movement meditation for me. I find that through like going on a run, right? People yeah. for you, it's, it's, it's with yoga. Um, how have you found with, with the youth groups that you're working with? Like what's that progression look like over, let's say a six week period? Like, do you notice that they start to develop the habits themselves where they're starting to do this on their own even? Yeah, it's whenever I start, um, like when there's new kids who come in, and the thing is, it's very seldom that kids start and come to a session that they don't sign up again, unless yeah. it's like their lacrosse season or, you know, sure. they're acting, whatever. So, um, but so I have a lot of long timers, but in a new, another session, someone new, you know, can come in. So whenever there's someone new, I, you know, I just said, you know, I'm going to be realistic. Um, you might be here because your parents said you need to do this. It's good for you. You may have had a therapist who said this. You may have had like a doctor or even a coach, you know, who, you know, you need more flexibility or you just might want to be here. So, you know, any of those reasons, you know, fine, but let's just like shut them here in this room. And, um, I explain, you know, what we're doing and, you know, kind of the myth that yoga is just about the, what we would say in yoga philosophy, the asanas, the yoga poses. And, you know, we go back to like social media and you can follow these yogis and, you know, they're on a mountain edge and, you know, have their whole body twisted and contorted. And, yeah. you know, I'm not going to name any brand names, but wearing certain clothes. And that just ticks me off because it just, it makes yoga like intimidating and it stereotypes it. Because there's yoga is a philosophy. There's like seven layers to it. You know, I could go, you know, on and on. And so some kids really um, end up asking a lot of questions about it. They might come in apprehensive. But we do a lot of um, maybe talking and checking in. Again, I just, I have to work organically with what comes in the room. There have been times like clearly they all just want to sit. Once they've already been here hanging out, but come in the yoga room and they just want to talk. And to me, like life is yoga and yoga is life. I mean, it's about human connection too. Um, but they will, they will talk about, you know, this thing like the breathing and how it like loosens up their chest and yeah. they feel better. How it is like the only downtime that they have where they feel there's no expectations on them. Because when we talk about being trauma informed, you know, I'll say to them, you have your choice, what you want to do in here, as long as you're not in someone's physical space or like sound space, like making noise to get in the way. Um, so if, if at the very least that they have this yoga mat that is just their space that they get for that hour, that's just powerful in itself. I mean, I will tell them, y'all, I grew up, I'm the oldest of four. There were six of us in a house with one bathroom. And mm. in the mornings before school started, someone was brushing their teeth, someone was in the shower, and someone was on the toilet. I'm like, you have more space basically on your yoga mat than I had in the morning. You know, kids nowadays, you know, a lot of kids in this area, they have their own bathrooms. Yeah. But, um, but I will say to them, like, you still don't have control over that because your parents usually say, clean this, do that, whatever. But right here, the only, the only thing that you have to be concerned about is, you know, not getting in someone's way by their physical space and their sound space. We guys talk a lot about mental health. What, what is mental health? What does that mean to you? That's a big umbrella term, it seems like. So how would you define 
having, I guess, mental, like solid mental health. Solid mental health. And mental health, uh, I guess, simply, you kind of caught me off guard. Um, simply would be um, where your mindset is as you're walking through the world. Like I will use this example. We have this um, little movement here called Look for Kind. And with the concept of, you know, what you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning and what you see, like how you look out to the world is what you're going to get in a sense. And so it's kind of like that thing of like you buy a new car and you're driving and all of a sudden you see the same car everywhere. Like you just see it more, right? Mm, like yep. your eyes are open. You're looking through something different. And so when we're walking in the world, how do we, like, how do we see it? How does information come in and what are we feeling within the body and the mind? And so we can look at that like on different levels. Like we can look at it on a scale. For me personally, when I was a therapist, uh, talk therapist, I don't like the whole DSM, I think it's five now, where like when we have to diagnose on, you know, mental health disorders, which is, you know, for insurance purposes, which is one of the reasons a lot of therapists don't take insurance anymore outside of it, like being a pain to deal with. Um, you know, it's putting people in boxes. And, and yes, I mean, we can say for certain diagnoses, like, you know, there's the criteria and, you know, that's the kind of box that you're in. Um, but I think that those boxes can be a hindrance sometimes for certain people. I mean, you know, we've changed the language a lot to be um, like, for instance, um, uh, how would people have said it? Like, um, I'm bipolar. No, you're not bipolar. You have bipolar. You don't say I am cancer. I have cancer, mm. you know? Um, so to kind of get back to answering your question, um, it's really hard cause it's all connected, but you know, the mental part is, is, you know, how you're thinking about the world and how you're feeling about the world. Does that make sense? It totally does. And you know, you've had a business for a few years. So have I, I feel like, uh, and this might be slightly off topic, but opening a business, I didn't realize how much it was, would challenge me personally and force me to work on myself. And I don't know if you've noticed the same thing. Um, obviously, as, as a kid, they don't have that perspective that you and I would have where it's like, holy crap, I'm impatient. I need to improve this or I'm getting frustrated easily because this isn't happening fast enough or, you know, whatever other things pop up. But I feel like deciding to open a business for myself is nothing but a huge personal development journey uh, in, in many ways. Have you noticed the same thing? And if so, have you noticed some of the carryover from your experience working with people being helpful with, with you um, starting a business? Yeah. Uh, um, for me, the business perspective this might kind of, I think this will eventually answer your question. Like I've always had this business side to my thinking and like creativity and, you know, see something. I was always really good. I like going into a restaurant and going somewhere and being like, you know, if they made this little tweak, this might be better. Like whether it was like spatially or someone's really not advertising well and be like, let me help you out. And so for, I would do that all the time. 
But yet I had in the back of my head these, you know, aspirations, whether it was for Gathered and Grounded, and I have some other little things going in the back of my head. But I was never willing to jump in and say yes to what I wanted to create. Like I was, you know, just content sitting there and helping someone else because you know what? There's like no risk in that, right? Sure. And it's not your thing. Yeah. It's, you know, no responsibility. And I think what happened for me is, when I started to know what's going on in the community, when I started to know statistics, um, having teenagers myself, having my own, you know, mental health um, issues, and also having like my toolbox of all the different things I do yeah. to keep myself healthy, um, knowing all this, what if, what if I don't do anything with it for the greater good? And so I jumped <laughs> and I, you know, I mean, I kind of had this vision of gathering and grounded, but then finally one day I was, I can remember I was driving over the train tracks here in town. I knew this one space was available. I'm just going to go like, I know how to do some property stuff. So I'm like, I'm not going to ask a realtor. I'm just calling. I went to look at the space. Fast forward. This is the eighth space I looked at and this is, you know, where we landed. Um, but the question, you know, was like, if I didn't say yes to that and just jump in, like, yes, there's the, the, room for failure which would you know obviously suck because <laughs> you know i mean there's money involved and you know time that goes in if you know gathered and grounded didn't take off um but the flip of that what if i didn't jump in and how would that sit with me and how would that eat at me and there would always be the what if the what if the what if and so when i work with kids it's interesting because i can bring that theme in like you know there's all these themes in life that aren't exclusive to ages. Right. I mean, we all, they're not exclusive, exclusive to ages, economics, races, religions. I mean, it's just the, you know, human experience. I'm not sure if I answered your question though. No, you, you totally did. And, and like, I think that, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny when you talk about like helping people with other, like their thing, their project. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's no, it's not yours. Right. So like you're yeah. separated, you're separated from it. Um, and, there, I think for a lot of people that decide that they, they want to do their own thing, there's probably a lot of people listening to this that might think to themselves, yeah, you know what? I've always wanted to do X, Y, and Z, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've always thought I would really enjoy this and they just don't do it because of fear of failure or fear of, um, you know, not being able to support people that they're, they're supporting. And yeah. what, what I've, what I've noticed at least with, with myself is, uh, that fear is normal for everybody. Right. And, uh, and, and when you're in it, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's not so much the fear of the, the failure of the business. It's the fear of having to go back to the thing that you were doing before and looking everybody in the eye and having to realize that you were wrong and you didn't, you didn't, uh, you weren't successful, mm -hmm. not the, the financial side or the time or whatever else. So that, that scared the dog shit out of me. I'll tell you that much. It was like, Oh, did I have to go back in the army? Like, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'd be okay with that, but then I would have to see everybody that told me it was a bad idea. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I, I feel like what you were talking about just from a mental health standpoint and dealing with fear and with a lot of these kids, they deal with fear on a daily but we're just big kids essentially, right? Like we deal with it yeah. ourselves. And, you know, and I feel like establishing a movement practice, like what you're talking about, I know for me, sets the stage for my mental health. Um, for sure. It's such a, such a strong anchor. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think, for you, yoga is obviously what, what you found to 
to, to, to be the, the best for that. Are there any acti other activities that, that uh, you do on a regular basis that you think are, you know, great for people to do from a health and wellness standpoint? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the big one we know is sleep, right? Oh, Which love sleep. Always the challenge. Um, uh, sleep, definitely. Um, and when I say sleep, like a scheduled sleep, right? Like we know, like you should really try to go to bed at the same time every yep. night, wake up the same time. And, you know, particularly I'll tell kids, I'm like, that even really means on the weekends, you know, when you have time yep. off. And of course, I'm like, I battle with that. So, you know, tweaking and adjusting. Um for me personally, having a like um, like organization and a schedule, it doesn't mean it has to be uh, set in stone, but it's just kind of like so I know where I'm going, right? Like I'm not like free floating. Um, knowing like what I've learned is like everyone's like, oh my goodness, you're such an extrovert, you know, you're always out and about and blah blah blah, and I really didn't realize probably till I like had my first depressive episode or there shortly after is I'm really not extroverted. I mean, everyone thinks like the like uh, tabletop level of the definition, but you know, at its core, you know, an extrovert gets its energy when it's surrounded by people and it's involved and there's activity and yeah. that's what keeps them going. Introverts like doesn't mean they don't like to do that. And doesn't mean like they're necessarily the wallflower, but they need to recharge their batteries by mm -hmm. having alone time and downtime. And I didn't recognize that. And I said yes to absolutely mm. almost everything like social engagement. You know, if I was invited to a fundraiser, I had jobs and things I did being younger um, because, you know, stroking my ego and wanting to, you know, be needed, like I would say yes to taking pro tasks on. I mean, all it took was for someone to be like, Marnie, we're coming to you because we know you have this skill or we've heard you're really good at this and you would be great. And you talk about like fear and disappointment. Like I didn't want to let someone down. Yeah. I think I'm great. I should say yes. And I just like burn myself out. Yeah. So learning to say no, I mean, Obviously, I'll tell kids, like, you know, there's the no's that you can't say. You have to go to school, right? You know, there's rules that you have to follow in your house. But where do you have that space in your life that you can have choice? Because choice can be really freeing. Choice can also be scary. You know, it, it yeah. all depends. Um, so sleep, um, knowing what my no's are, knowing what are the types of things I want to say yes to. Um, constantly being mindful of like my energy level, being mindful of my thinking. And I was just thinking about this yesterday. Like I'm getting so irritated with people on the road and how they're driving. Yeah. And so that to me, and it sounds funny, but that to me, if I start like swearing out loud or saying things and, you know, calling people morons or whatever, then like I'm not like my best. Like I'm probably not getting sleep. I'm not doing self-care as far as like yoga and exercise, which I will admit to right now. Um, because if I was in a good space, um, I would be able to be present and say something more like, ah, clearly they have to be somewhere faster than me. No big deal. Fine, go ahead and take that parking spot. I don't mind, you know, walking. No. But not having the space to do that. So it's like having that barometer. Um, food, right? You know, diet, you know, what, you know, not that when people say diet, they think being on a diet. No, the food that we put into our body, um, human contacts important, you know, right? Like 
monitoring social media. I think uh, a big struggle for me, you said you're not on there necessarily uh, on a personal level. No. Um, I wax and wane on a personal level. And I know when I've been like overwhelmed and too much is going on, the last thing I want to do is to be on social media. But like social media for Gathered and Grounded is how the word gets out. I mean, I can connect with teenagers via Instagram, make connections with other professionals. I mean, I've met, in fact, just before we hopped on, I had someone here that I met through the um, social media world and we're going to collaborate on something. Um, So as much as I can be mindful of that. um, Yeah, and I... I guess to me, like if there was, oh no, I was gonna say if there's one thing, I don't want to do that. But a big thing on the list is knowing your no's and knowing your yeses. It sounds like you're talking about just how much self-awareness you have, right? Like that's that, a good way to say it. <laughs> it, it but it's it's not, but that's a hard thing for a kid to understand too, though, right? I mean, like, man, to to admit that you know, this thing is bothering you, or maybe you don't have the capacity to do all of these things like, and taking a step back and like being okay with that, I think is really challenging, especially for a teenager, right? That's trying to figure out where they're at in the world, what they're going to do after they, you know, what they want to study in school or, you know, whatever, when they go off to the next, if they're going to go to college or whatever the next step is. So I think self-awareness is tough. I don't know how to cultivate that besides challenging yourself more. Well, and the other thing is if you bring it back to yoga and from, so I'm not a yoga therapist. Like there's a whole line of yoga therapists and you can get certified and blah, blah, blah. Some people have been grandfathered in. I was trained in yoga from a therapeutic standpoint. And that is um, body awareness. That's the breath work, yoga shape, um, meditation. And so like, for instance, um, how, when do we stop to, here's a good example. I had this homeschool class that came, this was about a year ago or so. And there was like a wide range, like a four-year-old up to a 12-year-old. And um, I was working like what we were putting together, or I put together like a meditative yoga, which everyone thinks of meditation and that's not what it is. But like working their nervous system. So it's like we start out and then we ramp up So, you know, body movement, we move more, our breathing gets heavier, our heart beats faster, and then like kind of bring them down to relax. So they might be like laying on the floor, they just might be standing still with their hands on their heart. Um, So I mentioned, I said, you know, place your hands on your heart, and maybe you notice that, you know, beating. And that's the other thing, how I just said, maybe, like everything you say, it's not like telling them. Like it's saying it's possible because there's nothing worse than saying something to someone and they're like, Oh my God, I don't feel that. Like I'm not, my normal. heart's not beating. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, anything like, you know, yeah. it's, um, that's like the trauma informed stuff. But anyway, so this, you know, little girl, this that youngest one in there, this four year old, I said that <laughs> and really loud. She's like, I can feel my heart beating. And I thought about this. Um, so at the time I had what, like a 12 year old and a 17 year old. Like, did I ever say to them, like, feel your heart beating? Like, do you notice your heart? And because if we can notice our heart, even at a young age, we can start to notice like when it's going fast Mm. and maybe when it's slow. So we know, you know, most kids will know like the heart beats faster when like they're running and jumping around on the trampoline, whatever, but the heart might be moving faster if I'm nervous. 
right? We get into like the nervous system. And so bringing that language into yoga, like, you know, I might say to kids, like they're standing up and like, notice your feet on the ground. So it's all like we're coming back to the mat, noticing body sensations. When you're in this yoga pose and like, let's say they're in a twist, like bring your attention to like the left side of your rib cage. When you're breathing in and out, like, is there a tightness or maybe it loosens up? Um, so all of that, um, is connected to like, it's having the self-awareness and which, you know, underlines and helps the, you know, mental health. Well, all levels of health really. That's so spot on. No, I, I, I love that. I, something that I'm going to do with our kids too, you know, just we, we'll do little workouts with them in the garage. Yeah. We have a little garage gym, but I'm going to start, you know, cueing them on some of these things to be aware of and presence. I feel like self, self-awareness is just one of those skills that's just tough to develop as a kid. And, but yeah, it's so beneficial for anybody, um, especially adults as, as uh, you know, we continue to grow as well. But um, man, Mari, this is awesome. I, I really enjoy this conversation. I, I want to finish with a couple um, just quick uh, opinion-based questions for you okay. on some things you like to do in Atlanta. Uh, this will be super easy. Okay. Um, what's your favorite place to eat in Atlanta? If it's a healthy place, bonus points. Oh, goodness. Um, it can it only be one or maybe a couple? I'll let you pick three. How's that sound? Okay. Um, so here in Decatur, my go-to a lot is Cal Me Crazy because it's, you know, healthy. In fact, I had that today. Um, I mean, quite honestly, I don't tend to eat out that much. Um, and I'm not a huge foodie. I'm a horror. Like, I am that person that is by habit. I go somewhere. Yeah. It's good. And that's just like where I'm going to go. Well, Cal Me um, Crazy is good enough. I like that place too. Yeah. So that I, I there's other places I'm not going to tell you because I will talk about being an introvert. Um, I like to eat by myself a lot and not do lunches as much because I just need that break during the day. So there's a couple places in town and I'm not going to share where they are, where I will just go either sit at a table by myself or like go sit up at the bar and eat. I'm not drinking though during the day, but go to the bar and you know, work and eat and they're typically places where you know a lot of people i know don't go not that i don't love you all but like it just gives me a break i got you we'll leave that one a secret um what's your favorite outdoor activity to do in the atlanta area um three things you know the belt line's kind of fun although yeah. it's very crowded and i need to explore you know more of the new connections uh love um stone mountain yeah no, that's great. And then um, Chattahoochee Coffee House up in Vinings. Have you heard of it? I have, yeah. I've been there. Uh, yeah, and that used to be open to the public. It's, for those who don't know, it's in like a gated apartment community. Right. And it became so popular that um, those, last I heard, like those of us who don't live there could only go there like Monday through Thursday. Mm. But um, what's so great about it is on the Chattahoochee, like water is so enthusiastic. We yes, didn't even beautiful. Need we didn't even bring yeah. up nature as far as like self-care. Um, just a, a beautiful, beautiful place. And coffee is always good in my opinion. Yeah, that place, that place is great. They've got another one on the west side too in another apartment complex. By the goat uh, farm, right? Yeah, it's right by the goat farm. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. Okay, well, what's a, what's a book that you've read recently that you would recommend to our listeners? Oh my goodness. That's hard because I, I read a lot and kind of forget the titles of the book. Um, it has to be recently. What's one of your favorites that you would recommend? Hey, this book was great. You should read it. Okay. I'm sitting here with a bunch of books right here. Um, so this book right here. And actually, this is, um, it's called Girls Lit From Within. Have you heard of Girls on the Run? Yeah. It's, 
Okay, so they're in a lot of the local schools. Molly Barker, um, who is the founder, is a social worker. She created this book. You'd, you can Google it, but you're going to find them used. Um, her boyfriend at the time paid for these to be published. And I guess the reason I bring this up, in fact, this is a used one that I bought because it's got a message into someone. But she breaks this down, and it's not just for girls. It's not just for kids or teens. Um, I'm probably giving you way more information than you want to know, but I think it's really important. She breaks this down in chapters, um, and it talks about how do you get to know other people. Um, you are lit from within. So like what we have within us, like almost like we, we have the tools that we need. We just need help bringing them out, just like what you do for people and what I do for people. Um, how gratitude is an attitude, right? Like what we see in the world and how we act. Journaling, that's another self-care meditate, making amends, like with, you know, things that are tough in our life, um, dancing, movement, right? Yeah. Um, love, like, and love for a lot of, like, people, um, you know, cannot be, may not be a positive word if they've had, like, um, heartbreak and stuff, but you can love things that aren't human, right? You can love, love animals and nature and, you know, all of that. So, sorry this isn't mainstream, but it was what was sitting here. No, that's great. I could create a whole list, but anyway. Girls lit yeah. from within. Um, no, Marty, this is awesome. If people want to learn a little bit more about what you're doing or reach out to you guys, where can they go on social media or uh, website where they can find out a little bit more? So um, social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram, um, and we have a website. And across all of three of those, it's gatheredandgrounded.com is the website. And then you can find Gathered and Grounded on both the social media. And then our little branch of this, I have to give a plug, is the Look for Kind. Um, that is on um, our website, but we also have Look for Kind. Um, same thing on Instagram and Facebook. And that is just about going out into the world and looking for kindness on any level. Because if you walk in the world and that's what you're choosing to look for, um, chances are that'll spark kindness in you and then like helps with your own mental health. So, um, I would suggest people go to Instagram for that because there's a way for them to be, um, interactive and send us cool. pictures that we'll use. That sounds awesome. Totally agree with that. You, you, if you're constantly looking at negative things, you see more negative things in the world, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marnie, this, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for, for your time. Um, and guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.